Good morning, everybody. Um, thanks for coming. Um, as some of you may know or may not know, James is not here today, and um, he wanted me to speak for him. He gave me about three hours' notice last night, so bear with me. You know James, you know how he is, but I forgive him. Um, <laughs> um, so he's in Dallas right now um, with my parents. Uh, you may know my parents, um, Russell and Hazel Parker. Um, they're, they're regulars here. Um, I usually, I don't know if you know me, my name's Nathan Tully Parker. Um, I work the sound with my brother Daniel back there, and he, um, we together help James put the message on the website so everyone can hear it and, uh, you know, enjoy it, you know. Um, so I thought I'd give my, um, my insight or my maybe a little piece of knowledge or understanding that maybe will help you guys or just share my thoughts on what James, um, how he's impacted my life, how God's impacted my life. Um, and uh, bear with me, I'm... Uh, I, I know it's just I'm kind of uh, not a very good speaker, but I'll give it the best shot. Um, um, as um, as a kid, um, I grew up um, a homeschooler. My family, my mom taught uh, five boys. I'm the youngest of five boys, so I think I got the long end of the stick there because she had four trial and errors before me. So I'd say I'm like the most, the closest to perfection. No, 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 I'm kidding. Um, but uh, um, she, she's, you know, I'm, I'm the last of the five boys. Um, and for my spiritual upbringing, James has really been my spiritual mentor. And um, he, I, a lot of ideas he has, they're the same, they're my ideas as well. Because, I mean, he's shared ideas. I've, I've given him ideas. We've kind of, we've been really good friends since, I mean, ever since I'm, can remember really. I've known him for years and years and years. Um, so overall, I think my spiritual upbringing has been from my parents, uh, my brothers, and James primarily. Um, so I, um, I'm really grateful for that. I think he saved me a lot of, a lot of religious baggage. Um, I don't want to be prideful or anything. I want to be as humble as possible. But I think I've avoided a lot of that stuff. It, I just, I'm so grateful. It's just amazing. Um, so I get to understand and know that um, Jesus has taken my sins. I am forgiven, and he's not counting my sins against me. He lives inside of me and in all of us, and um, he loves me unconditionally, no matter what. Um, so that, that's just such a comfort. So simple. Um, so I think that's great. Um, being a homeschooler, my mom and dad have always taught me um, in little ways. Like, we would just discuss, like, all of our curriculum for school was um, Christian. And some of it would be like, um, they would be explaining some analogy in school, and then they use something like, and then you have to pray to be holy. I'm like, what? That's not right. That's not right at all. Um, so uh, we always, you know, use little examples of like little teddy bears and being like, oh, you know, we did the burning bush and little teddy bears and we just little fun little things. That's how I learned and how I nurtured my understanding of spiritual things. Um, um, homeschooling, I, I know that a lot of you aren't familiar with that, but that's how I learned. And I think it was really good for me um, to have a um, personal relationship with my parents to uh, nurture that instead of being in a public institution where I can't, uh, you know, pray in a public place or any of that, and I'm kind of squelched, you know. 
Um, James has, uh, he's, um, he raised uh, me and my spiritual understanding in a tree of life was the name of his first group, kind of. It was just like this, really. Um, it wasn't like a church. It was just a meeting of saints. We'd get together and we'd discuss spiritual things. Um, we would discuss just whatever came to our mind. We'd share ideas. No one was better than the other person. We were just all holy, all saints together. And we'd just share ideas. We'd meet at someone's house or something. And this is um, my parents. Um, they originally started in the church. And they reached spiritual burnout, as you would call it. Um, and after they burnt out, they, were, they found James. And James was like, no, we don't have to worry about the institution and the church and following all these rules and the human Christian ways of thinking. It's all about God and Jesus Christ. And that they're like, wow, that's amazing. So they got, they become really good friends. This was when I was a little, little toddler infant. Um, so I've been raised this way. Um, but that tree of life organization, that, uh, uh, group that James did, um, it's really, um, it was just a simple, it's really simple group. And it's cool because I kind of think of this group as like the new tree of life. It's like the new revived renewal of that. Um, so it's great that we can just, um, that James gives us opportunities to come up and speak, share ideas. You know, I know that uh, Barbara, you, you did something uh, yesterday or last week. That was cool. Um, so it's really cool that we can all do that and share. Um, so I thought I'd give you some uh, in uh, some. Just thoughts. I've got some bullets down here on this little note card here. Um, <laughs> um, and give you some ideas and thoughts maybe that could... Maybe one thing will spark your imagination and just say, hey, I left today with something I learned that was... Or something that, you know, is interesting or very cool. So I think we should pray. So, um, God, thank you so much for everything you've done. Thank you for dying on the cross for our sins, for taking away all of them and loving us unconditionally and not thinking about our mistakes, the things we've done wrong. And just thank you so much for that. It gives us a sense of gratitude that is so much different from any other way of thinking. Thank you for everything you've done. I mean, every moment's a miracle in your mindset, when you're living in a a Christ-centered mindset. Um, You just have a great gratitude for lots of things. And I'm so glad that you send Christ to die, that we can become as holy as you are through Christ. You live inside each of us, and we can all have common ground and share our ideas, and I appreciate that. Thank you. Amen. So, when I was growing up, I had a lot of friends and... um, Oh, I didn't mean it that way. I had a lot of friends that... um, (laughs) um, They went to church. They did the Christian church thing. uh, Churchianity, as James would call it. um, And their parents taught them um, to go to church to become holy. You'd go to pray to become holy. You'd do all that. The, the spiritual treadmill, you'd be human doings. Um, and uh, they would always ask me like questions like, they'd be like talking about church, like, oh, I went to church today, so where did you go to church? Like, they assumed I went to church. And I was like, well, I don't go to church. I 
I don't do that. I mean, I read the Bible at home. And they were like, they had this really weird, like, confused, worried look on their face. Like, are you saved? I mean, are you, are you even a Christian? You don't go to church? That's weird. So, um, but I would explain to them, you know, it doesn't matter if you go to church or not. It matters if you believe in Christ. And if he, if you know that he lives inside of you. And that is so important. Um, so, and it's kind of hard because lots of my friends, um, they didn't, they grew up with a religious mindset of like, you know, that's just one of the things. You've got school, work, church, you know, it's just one of those things. But when you think about it, um, if you believe in God and you know that he lives in you and he's not counting your sins against you, everything you do is God-centered. You go to work and it's just like, you, God will shine through you and you'll, you know, show someone just in little things you do. You'll learn to appreciate um, little things. Yesterday, this is going to blow your mind, I was eating a banana and you're peeling off the banana peels and you're like, this fruit has a handle on it. That's so cool. I mean, I mean it's kind of weird, I know, but you're like, little things you just think about, you're like... God made a fruit with a handle on it. You eat the fruit, and then you just throw away the handle. That's just so cool. Little things, like little coincidences, you're like, that's a miracle. That, who thinks of those things? That's just a miracle. Little um, eyebrows. They keep sweat from falling in your eyes. Um, and gravity is pulling them down your forehead. And they go around your eyes instead of going into your eyes, because you have eyebrows. They're pretty amazing. Pretty, like awesome. Like, it's amazing. It just blows my mind. I'm sorry. Uh, so, uh, but when you're raised in the religious sense, you think of like doing the treadmill, you know, going through all the motions. You got to work to be good, be holy, you know, do all that. Um, and that's just, it's just, it's a struggle. It, and I always try to bring up things to my friends like, what do you think about this idea? What do you think about Christ dying on the cross? What does that mean to you? And they'd always be like, well, my pastor says this. And they didn't really ever have an idea or an, a direct response to that. Because when you're growing up in the church, I've had a lot of friends and I've been to the churches and I've seen what they're going through. And it's like they feel like they're one part of the church that's like... You've got the pastors, the senior pastor, you've got the churchgoers. And it's like they're almost like not on equal levels of holiness, you know? You've got the followers, the churchgoers, who are like on the, the medium level. They're, they're saved, they're Christians, but I mean, they're not pastors. They don't know that stuff. It's almost like some of the things they're supposed to understand are out of bounds. You can't go to that. You can't understand why you have a choice to believe in God or why God is living inside of you. What does that mean? They don't understand that. They're not really allowed to understand it. Um, and they kind of frown upon going upon that stuff. Um, like the senior pastors frown upon like bringing up that, those topics. And you're not really on equal standings. Everyone's on different levels of holiness. But when you think of a group like this, and you realize, you know, you understand the finished work of Christ and the gospel, everyone is holy not because we've done anything. We're not human doings. We're human beings. I love when James says that. Says that. Um, so we can all view each other and share each other's thoughts directly because God lives inside of us and we are as holy as God is through Christ. So um, that's just 
One of the coolest things I've seen James does, I don't know if you've seen him do it, he has these three lamps, three or four lamps, with all the same uh, power bulbs in the, on these lamps, and they're all bright bulbs. And then he, has, he says each bulb represents a Christian, or a person who believes in you know, Christ. And then he has these covers and sheets over each bulb. And I don't know if you guys have seen this yet, but... Um, and then he just says, this is the Lutheran, this is the Methodist, this is, you know, non-denominational, Catholic, whatever. And then, it's so cool, I love this example, because each bulb uh, res- resonates the same amount of light. It, it has the same amount of light in each bulb, but they all have different amounts of coverings on top of the bulb. So that's the religious baggage we have to deal with, and it keeps us from reaching out to other people and sharing what the true meaning of Christ is the truth. What, you know, our sins are forgiven um, and we shouldn't judge each other and we're all, we're all holy because the light inside of us is Christ. And we all have it, but we have more layers, some have fewer layers, and it's just, and he shows, he takes off the layers and he realizes all of us are equally holy and it's just amazing. That's so cool. Um, so, I think it'd be great if we can all get to a level where we can take off as many sheets as possible and be open. Because, especially in our society, we have... I mean, American society is... um, We're taught to be very uh, distant, kind of uh, away from each other. We just say, hey, how are you? Good. That's great. And it's good to... If we can share, if we could be open, if we could have all of our sheets taken off and say, God loves you in the morning to someone else. That would just make their day and it'd make everything great. Um, so I think if, uh, if we can get to a greater understanding of knowing you know, that, that would be just amazing. Um, and I really think the greatest part about, um, one of the greatest parts about the gospel is how simple it is. It's so easy to understand. It's not like, you have to do A, A plus B plus C equals product, your holiness. It's like math, pluses, minuses. Ugh, I don't want to deal with that. That's way too complicated. And ugh. But that's what the religious system throws on you. You have to do these certain things. You have to be a certain way. And what if you're an Indian in Africa, and, or not an Indian, but uh, the Aborigines in Australia, you don't know any of this. And you just have the stars, the sun, the trees, and, and other people around you, and, and you know about Christ, and you're saying, well, God loves me, taking my sins away. Of course, it's not in English, but... And God loves me, he's taking my sins away. And that's just amazing that you... You don't have to be part of the Christian organization. You could be a, a, a person in the jungle. You don't even know a language. You just you hunt fish and you fish and hunt and you could. It doesn't matter. The society's rules don't apply to the simplicity of God. All you have to know is that God loves you. It's so easy. It's a. It's like a joke. It's like God's like, hey guys, you guys are like you think that you have to do all this stuff, but really. All you have to do is be like, I choose you, and I love you, and he loves us back, and no matter what, he's going to love us. Super easy, right? I mean, we have to really complicate it. It's kind of sad. Um, so, And then when I was raised, my mom always told me um, to view things in the sense of, I, I think this really helped me, um, a sense of 
she used the hand motions, the flesh, down here. And then there's a line, and you have the spirit. And you think of the situations in those two aspects. So if you... Because I have a lot of friends who... I had a friend came, come up to me and say, say um, in church today we learned... We were trying to discuss the hierarchy of sins. Was it, was it more of a sin to lie or more of a sin to commit adultery or to steal or be greedy? And I was thinking, that's complicated. That's not simple at all. Um, so, but when you really think about the flesh and spirit, they're, they're in the middle section. It's like, there's no middle section. If you believe that God's taken away your sin and this spiritual realm, our bodies are going to fail and be destroyed. And everything's... There's entropy in the world. Everything's going down the tubes. It sounds bad, I know. But when you think about when we're cut away from the flesh, we're holy and we're going to live forever. It's so simple. You don't have to think about hierarchy of sins. You're one with God in the Spirit. And then your flesh is down here. And the hierarchy of sins... It doesn't exist because in the Old Testament, they had the law. They had to follow these laws. When Christ came, he fulfilled the law. He got, away, he got rid of all those sins and the hierarchy of sins and 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, A, B, A, B C equals product. No, that's, that, he got rid of all that stuff. So he just separated it completely. You're either perfect or you're a sinner. And lots of institutions say you're a sinner and you're a worm. And that's just, that's not good. That's, that makes you feel terrible. And I mean, I can understand why people are going through a spiritual burnout. And I just, I really think it's simple and the love of God is just amazing. It's, it's incredible. So every time you come upon a situation, you should always look at the um, aspects of, okay, is this flesh, I mean spirit, excuse me, is this flesh? Or as a spirit. And when you think of, oh, I made a mistake. That's the flesh. You're always making a mistake in the flesh. God's forgiven you, said, you are holy. You are righteous. You are as good as I am because of Christ living in you. And that's amazing. You are holy and perfect. That's this. If you make a mistake, it's down here. There's no middle ground. It's holy or not holy. And I think that that's really important in your life to progress spiritually and uh, really um, think when you're thinking uh, about that. There's a verse in the Bible where it says um, we are predestined in Christ. And I think a lot of believers, a lot of believers get that wrong where they think when we're predestined in Christ, that means when we're born, we're either going to heaven or we're going to hell. Because we don't have a choice. We're just... God has pre-wired us to be, um, be a sinner and not accept Christ. It doesn't matter what choices we make in life. We're going to reject Christ because God made us that way. And he elected just a few to be holy and be righteous. And, but if you think about it, if you're predestined in Christ, if you think of it in a way that the world has been predestined in Christ... So when Jesus came down, all of the world was exposed to this gospel and this, this grace and Christ and what he's done and accomplished and it is done. Um, I love that. Um, 
everyone's been um, exposed to that. So the world has been predestined. But each individual has a choice. I think this is one of the, the important things to realize as well about Christianity, is that in the garden, Adam and Eve were given a choice to not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil or to eat of it. And that, when they ate of it, it, you know, it brought sin into the world and everything, and now everyone's born a sinful person. No man is good without God. No woman's good without God. So, it's important to really think about each individual has a choice, and our choices of believing or not believing, it adds the art to religion, or not religion, spiritual things and God. There's, if you didn't have a choice and you said, okay, you're going in line A, you're going in line B, you're going in line C, there's no love. There's no romance there. You don't have that sense of, you know, what's the point, you know? If I'm pre-wired a certain way, why do I even have to try? What's, there's, no, there's no meaning really to life. It's kind of like bland and like, ugh. That's, that's pointless. But if you have a romance, you're like, God, I choose you because you're just, you're holy, you're loving. You love me no matter what I do. And even if I make a thousand infinite mistakes, you don't care. Because we live in these fallen bodies, and once we're gone, we're going to live with him forever. Amen. So that's, that's amazing. And the church, I love the way James um, expresses spiritual... um, He says that the church is a machine for sin management. It's a business. Um, It really is. Um, Because they're trying to avoid... I don't know why they don't just go straight to the simplicity of God loves you. That's all it is. And then, or they have to use the sin management thing, like A, B, and C, and you get some relief of your sin. But then tomorrow, you have to do it again. And, you know, could you leave an offering at the door? That would be fantastic. Um, so, uh, um, I hope I'm not too harsh or anything, but I... <laughs> um, so, that's, that's really... I just... I can't believe it. I just really wish everyone was exposed to this way of thinking and this, uh, these ideas. I mean, James is... I might sound a lot like James. This might be rehashed to you guys. I don't know. Because James has really raised me to this is the way I'm supposed to think. Um, I, mean, I mean, this is the way that um, is good to um, view everything. And uh, he's really been a big impact on my life. Um, so, I mean, do you guys have any thoughts, questions, or, I mean, anything that you guys have been thinking about recently? Because, uh, I mean, I, th- I got this. I got, James texted me at 7 o'clock last night and was like, yeah, you have to do this thing. And I'm like, oh, what do I talk about? I don't know. But um, I just thought I'd throw those things out there. Um, do you guys have any thoughts, any um, concerns? Any, any questions? I don't know. Because, yeah, yeah. Were you ever able to impact some of your friends in home school or churches and just share with them and tell them and try to, did they understand what you were? Yeah, I think um, 
sometimes the barriers that they're born, um, they're born into a system with their parents always telling them certain things. And as a kid, it's kind of hard to influence another kid to say, this is really what you're supposed to do. Because they're looking to their parents and saying, um, you know, my dad said this. My dad's better than your dad. You know? So they're looking, they're looking to the, towards their parents' ideas. And lots of times they shut out your ideas. So I think in this situation, actions speak, speak louder than words. Um, so I think the way I, um, the way I live is the best indicator of you know, influencing someone. I did tell them, I say, you know, Christ took away all your sins. But lots of times they shy away from that because the institution says, you know, the, that's for the pastors to deal with. The pastors have the authority and they're your indirect um, connection to God. And that's not true anymore because when Christ came, in the Old Testament you had prophets, Moses, you had the law and all the prophets, and they interceded for you, you know? And now in the New Testament, since Christ has come, all that doesn't apply anymore because he died, took away all our sins, and now lives within us and loves us unconditionally. And that, we don't have an indirect connection. We are directly, we have a direct connection to God. And it's a direct relationship. And I think when influencing other kids my age and as I was growing up, it's hard because of the the way they're raised. And it's kind of a shame. But um, the best way, I think, is to just keep on spreading the news and um, just saying the truth and uh, being direct. And I think actions do speak louder than words. Just um, forgive, you know... um, so I really think, and it's good that we all have this sense of camaraderie among each other. Um, and I think the best thing for us is to go out and share with our friends. And, uh, and as a group, we should try to remember. Um, going to church, instead of being a, um, being a system of forgiving your holiness, since we know that's already accomplished, what's the point of getting together? Well, the point is so we can fellowship and share ideas and communicate as friends, as fellow believers, as fellow equal, holy, righteous as God himself believers. Um, If we could just communicate, remember what Christ has done. Remember that we are holy. And sometimes you wake up in the morning, you're like, I'm not so holy today. But so you feel, but you really are perfect. Um, And just fellowship and communicate to each other. Um, so, um, I really think that's extremely important. So, any other thoughts, um, questions? I hope I answered your question as best as I could. But so, um, yeah. Am I? I'm glad I'm refreshing. Thank you. <laughs> I'll try to stay this way. We'll we'll see what happens. But <laughs> thank you. Um, I'm glad I was raised in an environment where I didn't have to deal with the religious uh, legalism and all that, um, because it's a competition out there to be who's holier than the other person. You know, you have uh, the pastors are like 
I'm the holiest. You guys have you guys are not holy. Fight it out in the arena. You're like, what? Come on, guys. Really? I mean, let's. But it's not a competition. If it were a competition, God wouldn't have come and sent Jesus, and He wouldn't have been the perfect sacrifice and uh, made things as simple as they are. So, um, and I really think going back to that uh, flesh and spirit mentality, if you think of the Old Testament and the New Testament, and the Old Testament, I know James has said this, and a lot of people have said this before, but the Old Testament it has pictures and signs of what was to come in the New Testament. And, but the Old Testament, in all its laws and ideas, are, they're all invalid now. It really is. That's, we're dead to that. That's like not even like important at all. That's, if we actually go back to that, it'll probably confuse us and get in our way and hinder us and be a barrier. But if we live in the New Testament, it's, just, it's the simplicity of God. It's um, the love. And it's just, um, it's the spirit side of it instead of the, um, the flesh side. And it really, and it's good to separate them as far as from the east as from the west. It's just amazing. Just keep all that sin thinking and sin consciousness on the flesh side because that's just temporal and it's not going to last. It's really, it's really not. So, mm -hmm. I have a question. This may be a, a longer discussion or it might be real short, but okay. uh, you say throw, put, put the Old Testament over there and the New Testament over here. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a lot of things in the Old Testament like enter his courts with thanksgiving and enter his, his gates with, with praise. Right. But there's a lot of rich, like Isaiah and, and Psalms and Proverbs. Right. Exactly. Um, when I say that, um, I'm thinking the laws and the um, how to deal with the sin and uh, the laws. Did you mean to say covenant? The covenant? Old covenant, new covenant. Yeah, that's what I meant. Sorry. Yeah. If you have the old covenant, uh, the old covenant was just uh, the laws and sin and trying to deal with all that. There's still uh, pictures in the old covenant, like the Psalms. David would write about, oh, I can't wait till, you know, he longed for the, the getting rid of uh, doing this over and over, this process. He longed for getting rid of that. And he was like, I wish something like the New Covenant would come. So lots of things in the Old Covenant, uh, in the Old Testament, I should say, like you said, um, they can be encouraging. And you can look back and say, okay, I can see where th these people wanted this. But if you look in the New Testament, in the New Covenant, we have that. They wanted it. We have it. So, it is done. Yeah, when he sat on the cross, it is done. Those were like the three, you know, that would be a, the three best words in the Bible, pretty much. So, it is complete. Right now, I'm like, filled with Christ. It's flowing through my veins. <laughs> um, <laughs> Oh, man, but um, only if my brain could keep up. Um, and my brain had infinite space, and I had infinite knowledge, but I don't. So, But um, I just, I wish that I could, um, I'm sure there's other things I have floating around in my brain. They're just not connecting, and I just don't have them right now to say. Um, but maybe if um, later on, if you guys have a question or um, any comments, it'll probably spark my uh, thoughts and make me 
think of something I wasn't originally thinking of. So, But uh, I think it's great to speak in this setting because it's a lot different. I usually am a very reserved person. Um, I, I'm i very introverted. I, I, don't, I don't like a lot of parties, and I just kind of hang back, kind of listen. Kind of, uh, that's just the way I am. So um, speaking in this setting is really uh, different, and I think it really builds my skills. So... Um, so, um, anyone else have any questions? Well, um, the Lord. When I think of that question, I think we're, in the sense of like the physical flesh realm, He wants us to do whatever makes us happy. He wants us to, whatever um, we excel at and we want to get better at. He, I'm sure he says, go right ahead, do it, you know. But when you're doing it, don't forget that the point of life is to be happy. Um, I forgot, it was one of the Beatles. Um, uh, the Beatles, they said, um, um, their, their teacher came up to them and said, what do you want to be when you grow up? And he said, happy. And they said, no, 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 you must not understand the question. And he's like, well, you must not understand life. Um, <laughs> So, I think in the physical realm, I want to be whatever makes me happy. And, but in the spiritual sense, when, when I'm living in this body, I want to impact people spiritually. And even if I'm an engineer or a construction worker or a, you know, I actually work for James right now in his first law firm. And if I can help people understand the simplicity of God better in any way, shape, or form, I'll do it. Um, so, I think that's that's kind of my calling. I think everyone really has the same calling, honestly. Um, just do what makes you happy in this realm. And then in the spiritual realm, just share God. Let them experience, let them know that they are as holy as everyone else if they believe. Yeah? Morning. Morning. Right, okay. Some things about it. It's a necessity 
to a certain extent, to look back and see to where the Lord had, uh, uh, where they then, back that time, when they were sin, they would be judged right then and there. Whereas right. we now we have so much more mercy and grace that the Lord has brought us from. So the new Old and New Testament is a wonderful, beautiful thing for us to go to for certain things. In uh, praying and asking the Lord to give you wisdom and understanding the word of God, he allows us to see and know the more that uh, uh, he brings out the understanding of it where we'll know as to how much to proceed from the Old Testament uh, and what not to proceed from the Old Testament in this day and time right now. Okay. Okay. Um, I agree with you on some things. Um, the, uh, there's, um, when you're looking at the Old and New Testament, the most important thing, I believe, is to always, always, always think of it in flesh and spirit. Um, if you are to... Um, in the Old Testament, it said, don't do certain things. You know, don't you know, commit adultery because you'll be sinning against God and against all mankind, and that's, you know, against the rules. You can't do that. Um, and if you do it, you'll die. That's pretty much the punishment of, if you are not clean, you'll die. They had the once-a-year um, sacrifice that purged you of all your sins, even the ones you couldn't remember of in the Old Testament. Remember the priest would go in the temple? And, and that was once a year um, to purge people of the sins they couldn't even think about. That's... I mean, if you think about it in the sense of now that we are purged of all of our sins, we, we can think of it in a sense of when we make a mistake, we're living in the flesh. We, as soon as we make a mistake, we're still, we're still as righteous as God because of Christ, because he's living in us. But we still have to deal with the flesh consequences because the world doesn't abide by the rules of the Spirit they have their own laws. If you live in U.S. in the U.S. and you rob the bank, they're not going to say it's okay. Christ died for your sins. You're good to go. They won't say that because we live in the flesh. You're going to go to prison and face the consequences if you're caught. Hopefully, you don't rob the bank. Please don't rob the bank. Um, so um, it's important to always differentiate the spirit and the flesh. And in the Old Testament, the we can still see what they had to go through and see their, um, they had to deal with sin. They had to deal with all the sin management and um, uh, all of that. But now, we don't have to deal with that. It's not an issue. It's thrown out the window, really. We don't have to deal with it whatsoever. Because Christ came, taken away all of our sin. We are as righteous as God. But we still have to deal with the consequences of the flesh. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. I notice, you know, uh, first of all, like so many believers that were signed, sealed, and delivered, going to heaven, everything, you know, that are under religion and everything, uh, they're living a life of misery. That's how I lived for years. I, I wouldn't even go to church because I was introduced. I was always a believer, even though I didn't go to church. But right, I was yeah, right. To, to, I always put these layers over my lampstand, you know, of, of what I had to do and everything. I could never mm-hmm. measure up. But when I, when I was introduced to this church and to grace, and and, and, and it was like it was almost like an instantaneously ch- thing that changed in me. The, 
my spirit knew was the truth. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like, man, this is what what it's really all about. And I wish I just knew this from the start. And it, it, you get to start experiencing joy in your life, and you live exactly. a happy life. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it, it just make you just want everybody to know it. Right. I mean, that's the spiritual baggage. You just have to deal with it. And hopefully you can just pull off as much as you can and understand and reach out and know that you are like God because God, uh, Christ lives inside of you. I think another thing is we'd really be surprised when we get to heaven and be like, you're here? What? What are you doing here? Because we can't judge another person. We can judge them with our fleshly laws. But according to God, I think God is just, and he, he'll judge you accordingly based on if you believe and know who he is and what he's done, not according to our flesh laws. He, he judges you on the spirit. So I think we'll really be surprised um, when we get to heaven and see people uh, that we were like, wow. I'm kind of glad you're here, though. That's going to be cool. I think we should pray, and uh, afterwards you guys can you know, hit me on the text. You know, I don't know. Sorry. Okay. God, thank you so much for making it so simple. Thank you that we can all get together and just fellowship. Um, Just remember that you aren't counting our sins against us and that we are as righteous as Christ. I'm so glad we have this group that we can share our ideas Thank you for separating the flesh from the spirit, cutting away our inner self from our outer flesh. Help us see in the future what you've done. It's already done. Just help us see, realize, wake up every morning and just see miracles instead of coincidences. See how amazing your creation is and look at everything in a new light. In your name, amen.